Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 184 of the Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers, here as always with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. So first of all, can we talk about the response to last week's episode? I don't usually start the show that way because it's like... It feels a little self-serving, right? Yeah, but (laughs) but we heard from a lot of you. So if you listened last week, we talked about uh, this kind of idea that mommy needs a drink at the end of the day and all of the memes and cultural implications of that. And um, anytime we do a sensitive topic, you and I are a little nervous, right, Megan? We're like, right. Yes. Yeah. Don't know what the response will be. But it was so positive. It was. It was. And And um, not everybody like agreed with us. Well, it's not we didn't even really take a stand, honestly. But like, you know what I mean? Like some people had a different, slightly different um, perspective or whatever. But I felt like overall, it was just very supportive and Yes. Like our people are. You guys are the best. So thank you to everyone who sent in emails and commented on social media. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode, it's called Mommy Needs Wine and Other Problematic Mom Tropes. And it, yeah, it definitely struck, struck a chord, hit a nerve, those things. Um, I want to, I want to also throw in there that we made a recommendation to read um, Aidan Donnelly Rowley's blog. mm -hmm. And I had kind of I think I read two or three of her posts um a few years ago but right. I haven't really paid very close attention and I went back one day and just read like probably 12 of her blog posts mm-hmm. around like probably from 2012 to 2014 and they're so good yeah it's such good reading even if you know this isn't something you think about that often or whatever yeah. it was really really well done and and it really kind of could be about any like her whole point is like everybody has their thing yep and, you know, figuring out what yours is, is part of, I guess, growing into motherhood and yeah. figuring this all, being a grown up, being a grown up, adulting. Oh, man. Yeah. Do we have know, to? Right? We do. Um, so today's topic is fun. You recently celebrated a motherhood milestone. Will you tell us how long you've been a mom? 
I have been a mom for 21 years and some change now. So your motherhood, which also means you've been a mom pretty much. My motherhood can drink (laughs) legally. I don't even know what to do with that. Like (laughs) the entity that is you as a mom is now a legal drinking age. But also it's almost half your life. I thought about that too. I think I like numbers. Uh, It's more than half my life. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you will be 42 this year. So it's, you're coming to that point where, yeah, I guess that's been for starting to outpace. Yes. It's outpacing more than half your life. You have been a mom. So what we're talking about today is kind of a variety of things, but we're going to go back in time and talk a little bit about things that are, have changed since we became a mom. Cause you've just had this 21 year milestone. I'm going on 10 and a half. Um, and then kind of at the last minute, I called up my mom and had her share some things about things that have changed since she became a mom, which spoiler alert was 39, almost 39 years ago. Um, I don't know what that's a spoiler for that. I'm 39 almost. Yeah. Because everyone's like on the edge of their seat. Yeah. And now that they know <laughs> it's, not like it's ruined. I've, I've it's never, ruined. I've never been secretive <laughs> about my age. It just feels so like, I don't know. Um, put an exact number on it. So yeah. that was kind of fun too. So you and I are going to chat about this. And then toward the end of the episode, we're going to weave in some of my mom's thoughts on, cause I think any amount yeah, of so fun. hindsight and perspective, I think that's what we yeah. give to a lot of our new mom listeners. And then to get it an entire generation beyond that was kind of cool. Yeah, I totally agree. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as forever chemicals. 
In addition to their cookware and tableware, our place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. So for for perspective, you had Jacob in late 98 correct? No, 97. 97. Do you see, I just yeah. wrote 98 in this outline. Like You thinking. did. I wondered why that was there, but no, that would yeah. be 20 years ago. Right. I can do math. I'm good at math. <laughs> you can. Um, so take <laughs> us back to 1997. Do you remember some of the trends either for, <sighs> either for baby stuff or even for yourself? Like every music, like what do you remember? Is that well, too broad a question? Oh, that's a very broad question. So here's, here was what was interesting. And this is really nothing, not as much to do with what was happening in the world, but like I went from being a sophomore in college Mm -hmm. to moving and like setting up, like getting married and setting up housekeeping in a city eight hours from where any of my friends lived. So I went, I like my life so drastically changed that year that I almost feel like I completely checked out. Like I have no idea what the trends were. I'm sure Adam Sandler was still making movies. (laughs) Um, the music was sort of that late nineties pop. Uh huh. Yep. Well, Britney started uh, yeah. to, I feel like that was like a year later, maybe a little some yeah. Britney Spears yes. and sync and stuff. And sync and stuff. That stuff started really getting big like a year later, but yeah. I feel like 97 was a weird year for a lot of stuff. And, but I missed it. I have no idea. Um, as far as baby trends though, you know, I was, I was actively, um, this was a new world like, I for was, you. Yeah. This was a new world. So I immersed myself hardcore. I would say this was like, a time of many large and clunky baby objects. Okay. And what's really funny to me is to think back to like what my mom would say, like, you guys have so much stuff that we never had. And it was a time of stuff. Like I remember going into um, baby depot, I think was one of that okay. was like, like a furniture depot offshoot. Okay. And then uh, babies are us, mm-hmm. which I think is still around. It's, I and think it's folding as we speak. It is really, yes, I oh believe so listeners, you can correct us if we're wrong, but I'm pretty sure toys are us and babies are us. I think they're going, Oh, I forgot that they're from the same. Yeah. Yeah. They're and the they're going bye bye and bye bye baby is owned by bed, bath and beyond. Right. And they're, I think going now, strong. I don't believe bye bye baby existed yet. Or if it did, it was like city. Yeah. People went there. I did not have act. That would have been way too way too fancy for me. Um, I didn't have like stores like land of nod and like those really right. cool, like I, I didn't have access to those. I think there was probably pottery barn kids, but, but it was like a catalog. That's shop. what I, yeah, it would yeah, have just been a yes. catalog for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was very firmly in the world of like Graco and Costco. I think yes. is that other brand mm-hmm. or sort of mid range, like, you know, like regular people stuff. Everything was systems like it was, you know, you didn't just have a stroller. All of a sudden you had a stroller system. You didn't just have a baby swing. It did other stuff. So they were were starting to kind of toy with that. But everything still looked ugly. Yeah. Really, really ugly. Do you think think it was ugly at the time or did it look? No, it it just looked the way it looked. It was looked like baby crap. I don't know. Like baby stuff looked like it was made for babies. Like there was no expectation that it would be stylish for you. No. Yes. Got it. Okay. In fact, I do remember, I do remember when I picked out our stroller system that we got for Jacob, that I went to the store 
and they had like your typical primary colors, right? Mm -hmm. And then they had one that was um, purple and teal. That was so very big. Yes. But there were two that had just been introduced. One was like a sage green and gray and one was navy blue and white. And the prints were still kind of vaguely babyish and not like cool, like nothing I really yeah. wanted, but they were so much better than the other two that I remember being like, oh, okay, like this isn't so bad. And that I ended up getting registering in for and getting the navy blue with like little Swiss dots, as I okay. recall. Um, it wasn't awful, but right. like I knew that it was preferable to the other stuff, but like it didn't really, if someone had gotten me the other one, I would have been like, oh, okay. Right. Like, I just didn't care that yeah, much. Because and I was, got plenty of hand-me-downs yeah. that were all very like early nineties and late eighties ugly. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't care. <laughs> it just, it was a toy. It was a, it was an object. It was a device. It wasn't yeah. supposed to be an extension of my fashion. Because, then. and we will get so. into this later, but because you were not expected to have like a style spread of your home in every no. Instagram picture because nope. there was no Instagram, but we will get into that. Yeah, well, exactly. I was just going to say that, so I became a mom in spring of 2008. So I got pregnant in 2007. So just a little over 10 years later than you. Um, I do think that a lot of the gear was starting to be in prints that were more, more um, marketed toward moms. I do remember like, and again, it wasn't, mm. we weren't in the Instagram land yet, but I do remember thinking that the pattern of my pack and play high chair swing, of course, they all matched each other. And I thought they all had to match. Um, but I remember thinking it was really pretty. So that is maybe an evolution. I did go to Baby's RS. I think Bye Bye Baby was around, but I didn't have it. So we'll have okay. to look into that. But it's just interesting. So 10 years later, I and I remember really liking the color of the um, Chico car seat and stroller. I, it was a red, but like my favorite, like cherry red. So uh -huh. I definitely remember thinking this was like kind of a style choice for me. Nothing compared to what it is now. I mean, now right. the stuff would look clunky and ugly to me. But that's why I asked if you thought... It, but you you were saying like you didn't think here nor it's there. It didn't occur to me. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I do feel like I made those choices in the same way I'd pick out, you know, curtains for my house or something. Like it felt right. like a fun. It did feel like a stylish choice, even though mm -hmm. looking back, I mean, they, they're not that stylish now. But the yeah. And then I was going to ask because you were so um, technology forward. Do you remember like what would have been the kind of hot new technology or mode of communication that was just emerging for you? Because I think this is, this is, well, applies to everybody. I was, I was technology forward in some ways, but I've never been a big gadget person. Um, John always was very technology forward when it came to like communications. We always had good computers. We always had phones. And like you had, had internet, you had internet like before most people. Cause yes, I had internet in 97 and I yeah. had a cell phone in 97. Well, he, uh, try to remember if we both had cell phones. I know he had to have one for work. And I think I think somehow we were able to get a second one, but we could only like call each other on it or something. I don't remember. But we <laughs> right. had a very early we had very early cell phones. We had pretty decent internet. We had the, whatever the best or best possible internet within reason was for any time we had. So I was online in 97 um, and I had a phone. I didn't text people. Right. That wasn't what I used a cell phone no. for. And it was actually a Nextel. So we could like bloop bloop to each other oh, but like okay yeah remember those uh because he worked in utility so like there was it, and that was all the dudes were always me me being each other but we didn't text um i don't remember getting really into technology but i will say i think the things that were becoming big then were well things that made music things that played uh, yes. you know terrible annoying music were had been kind of coming up but i feel like it was starting to spread into other things like bouncy seats and stuff and I think that monitoring monitor technology was getting a lot. Oh, better. baby monitors. So, okay. Yeah. I think they were becoming wireless um, or cordless. I mean, and 
I think maybe the very early preliminary video monitors were becoming more available, but I mean, I lived in a teeny apartment. It didn't even occur to me. Can I tell you something? I mean, I had babies in 2008, 2010 and 2013. So well after you and I never had a baby monitor, A, that worked consistently or that held a charge (laughs) or that could be unplugged. And the only video one I ever had was something you and I did with a sponsor. So I I got it as part of a campaign and when it worked, it was good, but it had to be rebooted like you have to reboot your modem. Like I honestly... I don't, I hope they've gotten better for you people, but they're so, they're, they're expensive (laughs) and they were finicky. So like, I feel like I might as well have had a 1994 baby monitor for my entire time of having babies through 2014. I never, I don't think any of them were ever, they can be very creepy too. Like you ever sat at someone's house and listened to the baby monitor and like all the sounds (laughs) it picks up. It's quite, I don't know. There's something a little bit disturbing about it, but also because of the way I parented babies, like Typically, when my babies were small enough that I was thinking about a monitor, they were close to me yes, someplace. Agreed. That was just the way I did things. So it, it was sort of superfluous. And I know that we had one with Jacob, but I remember like someone gave it to us at the, yeah. at the shower. But I was like, oh, I really what do, I do with this thing. Yeah, and, I used mine very infrequently. The main time I used them was during naps when I had a two story house um, because it was yeah. I was far enough away. But at night we were just down the hall and I don't like sleeping with a baby monitor by my bed because it keeps me awake more than the baby. So I would just rather you're so on high alert, like listening, like wondering what you're hearing. Yeah, it's so funny. Okay, well, we digressed. Um, How about some things that were not a thing? I mean, a lot of things weren't a thing, but things that weren't a thing 21 years ago that that you think are important for new moms now in one way or the other. Well, I mean, smartphones, just like I said, most people didn't even have cell phones. I, I don't remember being able to text with anybody until probably William was a baby. Like I it was wasn't a thing yeah. with Jacob or Isaac. Um anything like like kind of alternative like cloth diapers or slings, you typically had to buy them in a specialty store or online and there were like very few options. Um I want to say when Isaac was born, so that was 19 years ago, there were like two or three major sling companies. Okay. And now there, you know, then there was an explosion of them. Mm-hmm. I, that might have that might have gone the other direction. Maybe there was a glut. And now it's narrowed down. But I, I remember there was like, um, you could get the over-the-shoulder baby holder, which you could buy anywhere, basically. But okay. they were they were kind of god-awful. They were okay. like, they had the padded rails and the big thing. They had the ring and then like the big piece of fabric that hangs down. And at least that's how they were. And they okay. were in really tacky prints. Um, and then there was the Maya wrap, which is like the kind of scaled down version of that they were always in some kind of tribal print okay and then there was like and then they had the pouch and i always had the pouch but okay anyway the, uh, maternity clothes were terrible i remember crying in the dressing room when i was pregnant with jacob and finally went to go buy maternity clothes at i don't know sears or pennies wherever right, i could because, get them so like target and old navy now have cute maternity sections they not to mention like now there's these things like you know, the subscription box maternity clothes, yeah. the cute boutiques, the not to mention not, like leggings and long tank tops that yeah. you can wear for two thirds of a pregnancy. So, yeah, I'm not even sure motherhood maternity was really there was a Mimi maternity in the mall. It was way too expensive for me. Yeah, a lot I, of I those are very one, expensive. Yeah, I bought like one special occasion dress there. Actually, it might have been my wedding dress now that I think about it. Um, but I think there was a motherhood maternity, but even motherhood maternity clothes were ugly. Like it was just, everything was made without, without thought for style. I think they were getting there. Like they were trying to make them a little bit more trendy, but they weren't flattering. You know, you, you, the idea that you could be pregnant and look cute, um, 
in your clothing and have them fit you correctly and not just be this sort of oversized version of like baby clothes. Right. Which sometimes what they look, they look, right. look like baby clothes. Right. Um, they were bad. Nursing clothes were even worse. Like they had these odd slits that didn't, I mean, it was so obvious or like the boxy, you know how lots of times there's like the top, that's like mm-hmm. the layer over the top. Mm-hmm. Well, it looked, you could tell what it was. It was just bad. Um, that changed a lot though, between babies number one and two, and then like three and four. So mm-hmm. by the time William came along, there was a maternity section at Target where they really had elevated. Um, motherhood had gotten a lot better. Uh, motherhood, maternity, mm-hmm. other things had popped up. So I think there was just more options. Um, baby gear, like I was saying, still looked like it was designed for babies to look at, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. instead of being a, an extension of mom and dad's style. Blogs were not a thing. So all of my pregnancy, birth and baby information came from books, magazines mm-hmm. and websites. And there weren't that many. And everybody in those websites um, interacted anonymously. Okay. Which is very different. Yeah. Very different. Well, that's a good place for me to jump in because having a baby in 2008, I did have a cell phone, of course. It was a black, a small Blackberry. So it was a smartphone, but I didn't get my first iPhone until 2010. So I wasn't doing anything photo based Mm-hmm. Or really, I wasn't doing much web stuff on my phone, even though it technically had that. I think I had it mostly to get work emails and and it was so small. And anyway, but blogs were definitely a thing in 2008. You had one. Well, I guess I don't know. When did you start the happiest mom? 2000, 2009. Yeah. So you had one where we're about to have one and there were many, many, many mom blogs. And I've talked on this show before how there were a lot of funny moms on Twitter. Twitter was a thing. Mm -hmm. Instagram was not a thing. Literally wasn't invented. Neither was Pinterest. Cause I I looked up, excuse me. I looked up these dates just for this episode because I wanted to be sure I was right. So um, Pinterest and Instagram both launched in 2010 um, Facebook, I think is 2006. I got on in 2008, but it, as we all know, it was so different. It was very, very different than from what it is now, but yeah. I was on it. Um, but blogs were a thing and the ability to find good writing and, f- and good information and funny writing and, um, just to be kind of informed and inspired was totally a thing when I had my first baby, whereas for you, it wasn't. So that's like, that is a pretty yeah. big shift. I wasn't consuming those blogs on my phone the way it would become a couple of years later. So I guess I was sitting at my computer, I don't know, yeah. on, on maternity leave, I guess I had like a old work laptop. Um, I don't know, but a couple of other things that I, mentioned or wanted to mention that weren't not a thing is Amazon Prime like the ubiquitousness of having everything mm-hmm. to your doorstep in one or two days um was not there i guess amazon prime technically launched in 2005 but i don't remember people using it the way we use it now for everything i don't think they had like every household item every everything that you would ever need so we'd have to figure out when that happened but i don't remember prime being a thing for a few more years so that's a big one because if i had to go i had to go to babies rs or target if i needed stuff like that so that yeah. that's a pretty big shift that i think moms now just you know it's just you just order it um right and then this idea of kind of styling your entire family i think i know we're going to talk <laughs> yeah about Instagram in particular, but that was not a thing, even though social media was, it was there and it was happening, but this, um, kind of aesthetic around new motherhood and babies and families, the way it is now compared to 10 years ago is night and day. So I don't know. I don't know if you kind of remember that transition, but you were in the blogging world. So you, you would have had to remember when things were, like you said, anonymous and blog based, and then all of a sudden visual and 
kind of um, magazine style, almost like we, we've yeah. all got to look that well, way. Well, we were in it. It was on. It was funny. Is in the late two. What would you say? Like the late aughts. Mm-hmm. Um. So like two thousand five, six. I mean four, five, six, seven, eight. I was blogging, but I didn't have. I wasn't like really running a blog of my own. The way I, th- right. I blogged at my own website, and I um, contributed to other blogs. I had a blog for big families. It was very much text oriented. Mm-hmm. You put crappy pictures in there. Um. A lot of people had them, but it still wasn't like, it wasn't a mass thing. Like nobody I knew in real life read blogs right. at all. Um, I remember writing an article for American, ba- Ma- uh, American Baby Magazine about blogging. I was assigned the article in 2004. They did not run it until 2008. <laughs> so I had to go back. <laughs> I had to go back and like check to make sure all those people still had blogs and like that they wanted to be quoted still, that everything was still accurate. They, I think they must have decided it wasn't a thing enough to have it mm-hmm. be in the magazine. And they held it for four years, which was pretty funny. Um, I got on Twitter in 2008. I was on Facebook in 2007 or eight, but like, yeah, I was sitting on my computer. I mean, all of my computers, the, this computer I have right now is the first one. I think and I just got it that won't have, um, first of all, dented edges because you know how you'd be holding a computer and then your baby kicks and it flies off your lap. <laughs> Um, I had keys poked off because I had babies who, while they're nursing, would play kick with the keys <laughs> or kick at it, but they would like slide their little fingers under the key and like mess with it. And they were gross. They were always sticky. Like they always had some kind of jelly or something. Cause I literally was on my computer with babies crawling all over me. Yeah. And, and so later, for toddlers. me, for me, that would have been smartphones. Just not the yeah. very, very beginning. Then I think I had neither. I mean, I would go and sit at the, I would sit at the table, but my laptop then was so big and clunky and it was a work laptop. I wouldn't have, wouldn't have gone there. And then iPads came out and I remember thinking that the iPad was going to be kind of like my new mom buddy in the way that you used your computer, something lighter Mm -hmm. to read blogs and have on my lap. And then I think the phones got so much better quickly and the iPhone, I just thought, I don't, I don't need to hold an iPad in my lap. I've got a phone. So again, that, that 10 year difference is definitely where that's where that is. Well, and I remember before I had um, consistently had good laptops, I remember sitting at my desktop computer with two, sometimes three nursing pillows stacked <laughs> yeah. so that I could have good posture yeah. and nurse and be on my computer at the same time. And I got really good at like, you kind of had to have like one hand kind of slid under the pillow. Uh-huh. I can picture you can't it. go over the top, you know, <laughs> you can have like one arm go around and that can be like your mousing hand and the other one can type, but like, you have to have one hand that's like on the keyboard and you know, you got good at that. Like, you know, moms get good at finagling and yeah. it's like a part of my muscle memory. Cause I can yeah. remember how that felt to have to finagle to make the yeah. technology like fit into my life. It's, um, it's so, so funny. <laughs> it's funny, but yes, your question was actually about like our uh, styling our lives. And yeah. I would say that show started happening in earnest when you and I were working together on the blog. Mm-hmm. So like 2012, 2012. Yeah. Suddenly there was this influx of people in this space who had really good uh, cameras and knew how to use them. And they just had even the um, blogging conferences I went to changed like really dramatically. I remember one year going to one that I'd always been sort of like an old, you know, like a, like an old sage or something at, well, not even old sage at that time. I was like young and part of a kind of up and coming crowd. And then one year I'm like, oh my gosh, how come everybody is seven years younger than me? And very business oriented and they all look like models. It was a very different thing. And, and it became very businessy and very savvy in a way that I was not like prepared for really. So, um, what the, what's cool about that 
is it made us all have better, like fun, great, beautiful content to look at, which I think mm-hmm. is great. The downside of that is then now everyone's got Instagram. Everyone's got, you know, not blogs necessarily, but everyone's got a Facebook page. And now we all feel like our feeds have to resemble. Yes. Those very curious. Like no one used to think that your blog had to look like better homes and gardens. Right. Like, it just wasn't even a thing. But now there's this weird mix. There's this weird um, blurring of the lines between normal person yes. and influencer and yeah. influencer. Yeah. And everybody thinks of themselves as an influencer, whether they know they're thinking that or not. They're, right. they're trying to they're trying to not just aspire to that life, but also the representation of that life. Yes. Um, so it raises the bar. It does. And there have been some really good conversations on this podcast, both both with guests that we've had on and various times where we've talked about it, where we talk about it is it is really gray, murky area, because on the one hand, you know, you want to be a voice of positivity online. You and I both have like our Instagram. We have Instagram for the mom hour and you want to put out good, nice, well curated content. That's part of our role as professionals, as influencers. But at the same time, like there is this backlash against anything that's not quote unquote real. So we also need to keep it real. But what does that mean? And where is the privacy line? Like it is, it is something we think about that I don't think anybody had to think about 10 years ago. And that includes whether you're a content creator or not, you know, the thought of like, how will this be perceived? What am I putting out there? And some people are maybe approaching it from like wanting to look perfect all the time, but other people are, are approaching it like, maybe not wanting to look perfect all the time and wanting to be real, but no matter what, everyone's thinking about it, I think. Yeah, no, I, I totally think you're right. And I know, I remember for me, there was a push pull when I was blogging um, in 29, you know, or mm-hmm. 2009 through, what was it, 2015? That we kind of shut down the happiest home. Mm-hmm. Um, in that I didn't write a lot about my kids specifically, like their lives weren't the focus, almost feeling this uncomfortable sense, like this has a shelf life because what people want are stories about families and they want to follow, they want my kids to be characters in this. Mm-hmm. And that was never what I, at least not with that blog. That wasn't what I did. Right. So it was kind of like at that point, especially, but I, I think it's now it's, it's just gotten more visual. Mm-hmm. Um, in those days, it was more writing focused. People were really writing a lot about their kids to the point where people felt like they knew their kids. Yeah. Like people on the outside felt like they knew these um, bloggers children. And I just didn't do that. And so there was some that actually, I think in a way was limiting, but yeah. that's okay. Like I was a yeah. choice I made and maybe I don't even know that I made that choice consciously. I think yeah. for me, it just made it easier to keep a little privacy yeah. for me. Right. Um, but it's just interesting now to look and see, especially all these years later, some of those old school bloggers are still going. Yep. And their kids, you know, have been known this whole time. Yep. Yep. Fascinating. Yeah, me. that is fascinating. And also fascinating to think about. If you're a new mom in 2018 and let's say you got on Instagram around when it launched, that's eight years of your adult life where you've been consuming content before becoming a mom. So there's like this whole, whereas like for you and I, those platforms developed after we had kids and we had to figure out how that worked in. Whereas now it's so native. I don't know. It's just interesting. Um, Yeah. Well, a couple more things that I think are worth mentioning that have changed a lot, in my opinion. Um, one is this like ability to have information on demand, like about, about anything. It could be a recipe on demand or information. I think pediatricians even now have like web portals where you can go in and post a Mm -hmm. question and like just the, the urgency to have questions answered. I think, well, there's two sides. I think one, the access to information is always a good thing. I mean, I think it's a good thing if we can 
get good information in the quickest way possible. But I do also think it's created like almost a frenzy of, I don't know, Googling stuff and expecting. Yeah. And then and then it puts the onus on us to be like the curators of that information and decide what's what's what. So I'm curious if you have any thoughts on like your very first like say pediatrician information or medical information for your baby. You mm. would have had to look in a book or call the doctor, right? Yeah. The thing that I think is a little different about that is that by the time my third came out, say, mm -hmm. my third came out of my body. <laughs> by the time my third his, baby came his out. His release date. Yeah, his release date was 2003. And by that point, you know, there was WebMD, I'm yeah. pretty sure. If not, there was everything else. I mean, there was it only really Jacob came out in a time when I couldn't at least look up rudimentary information. Now, what I didn't have was contact. Mm -hmm. I couldn't contact a doctor. Right. Um, I couldn't on easily online contact a lactation consultant, say something like that. So in some ways, I think that that was limiting. Like there, I think there's ways that it would have been really great for me to be able to make actual contact yeah. with people. But the information, it was there. You just, there wasn't as much of it. And you, you, you had to be savvier about search because search sucked right. back then, you know, there was like four or five search engines and they weren't very intuitive. Um, but that's okay. Cause it was also coincided with the time of my life that I was most motivated mm -hmm. to search and the most like willing to dig in and yeah. really, really do the research. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure how different that is. I yeah. do know. I do know what that I laugh about this with my friends all the time. Like, you know, should we wait and see if we could figure this out or should we just look it up? Right. Like, yes. How much do we want to know yeah. this thing? I, yeah. Uh, Je <laughs> over the summer, Jen and I were going into the woods with the boys. And like, as we were leaving cell, like we had like our last bar of uh -huh. cell phone um, coverage. We got in this conversation about some soap opera from like the nineties. And we couldn't remember like what this woman's name was. And right. so I'm looking it up and I said, you do realize we're using our last, <laughs> our last bars of internet for two days to look up this person. This is not going to change our lives. And if we get eaten by bears, this is the last thing that's going to be on my phone. When they find my phone and try to find evidence of like how we spent, you know, they're going to find us looking up this C-list actor. So anyway, it was just, I, I think that that's changed. Um, I don't know that that's as big of a change for motherhood for me, but okay. maybe, I don't know. I don't know. What well, about you? No. So I think, I think you're right. I think the Googling has been there for a long time. Um, I think maybe where I was headed and this was my next point was like the expectation that you have access to kind of like professional help in all areas. Yeah. Like I'm thinking about, like you said, like, like immediate chat with a lactation consultant is a great example. Um, things I'm seeing now is like um, sleep training and, and a sleep yeah. coach, like the prevalence of people who are available to come in a professional capacity and help you as a new mom. I, I'm, I'm going to come down neutral on this. I think for, in a lot of yeah. In a lot of situations, this is a godsend, right? Like, um, and so this is nothing against the sleep coaches out there or anybody who sought out a sleep coach. However, I think the expectations have shifted to where now there's like, there is a, there's a solution out there or something you can buy or pay for or sign up for, for mm -hmm. everything. And I'm not sure yes. that the abundance of that is like, I almost feel like it's, it's gone so far. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't no, know. I don't know if it's totally a part of right. me that likes to solve my own problems. Like I am like a really resourceful person. So part of me is like, ah, do we need like another boot camp or another email sign up or another app? Or, or could we just like, 
go with our gut and try and figure it out and see what happens. I, it's it's the urgency to solve a problem that I feel like is at a kind of at a high right now. The, uh, that and I think the number of experts and I'm going to put that in quotes mm-hmm. that are now taking advantage of. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way, necessarily, you know, um, but exploiting that that rush. Yes. To be have your problems be immediately solved. I think can open up for like open people up to again, I don't want to say being taken advantage of that's not right. Cause I know that there's a lot of, I mean, I've done coaching and yeah. we've, we've both have services that we recommend that we think are great um, that do this, like that connect you with those people um, automatically. But like, I just think that there's, it's just very possible to spend a lot of your money and time yeah, um, trying to get someone to walk you through something that maybe you don't need them to walk you through or so to I solve a problem that is like a regular part of life. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't know. Maybe this is like, maybe we're being crotchety here, but maybe, um, well, and I don't think it's all good or all bad. Right. right. So no, like, I agree. I agree. You no, know, we, I think that there's, there's ways that being able to access a, a professional right away is great. Mm-hmm. I and agree. sometimes you don't need an expert right then. Right. Exactly. Yes. So yeah. well, well said. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code themomhour 15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, so 
I think it would be helpful here to kind of zoom back out and talk about why does any of this matter? I mean, we have listeners out there who are brand new moms and I'm kind of thinking like what things are going to be different? What things are they going to look back on and say that changed? And, and what does it even matter? Like what's, yeah. what, what's the point? Do you have any well, thoughts yeah. on that? You know, what's funny. Like I have been thinking about this because like when I became a mom, my sister was probably my, my most, um, closest parenting role model. She was 10 years older than me and had been a mom for, uh, I don't know, maybe like seven or eight years by that point. No. Yeah. Seven or eight years by that point. So she already was like on the cusp of doing things outside of the trend on some ends and coming into the, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. she was a little ahead of the trends in some places, a little behind Mm -hmm. in others, which meant that I was kind of ahead but like on different things because everything flip flops yeah. and I'm not talking about stuff. We talked about stuff and that's stuff is just one thing. Like stuff is just the, what we're surrounded by, but I mean like attitudes and we talk yeah. about this a lot, Sarah, about how, you know, where, whether it comes to um, how we handle medical issues or feeding or whatever the topic du jour is birth, all those things, mm-hmm. there's a circle and there's a cycle, everything changes and, and it, it keeps moving forward. Like we're never going to go back to kids like crawling around the front seat without a car seat. And we're never going to go back. I don't think to like twilight sleep. Right. But like those, those things we keep like moving, we inch forward, but it's still like a circle inching forward and things come into vogue and go out of vogue. Mm -hmm. So I guess it, I guess I would just say that there is a place for looking at what the latest research, latest research Mm -hmm. says, but try to keep it in perspective and in context. Mm -hmm. Um, try to understand that public health is one thing mm-hmm. and that's not necessarily like what's happening and or public or I, I guess not even public health isn't the right word, but like there's what's good for the world and it, as a whole. Mm-hmm. And then there's what's good for your family. Mm-hmm. And those two things might not always mm-hmm. I like, like that. completely like mm-hmm. mesh at any given time. And then also like things are just going to keep changing. Well, and I think it gives moms permission to number one, permission to like feel ambivalent about like current trends like it's okay not to be sure about whatever Mm -hmm. you're unsure about but it also gives moms I think like permission to give our own moms credit for what they did they did the best with what they had and like no one needs to hold on so tightly to the quote-unquote right way that we're doing things right now and that's it's kind of a recipe for unhappiness anyway we've talked about that a million times but I think having this like quote-unquote historical perspective really helps because we can see that like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 40 years ago, people were doing the best with the information they have and that you're doing the yeah. same thing right now. You just don't have that benefit of perspective hindsight. And if, and if you're doing something that seems a little fringy right now, or you're not seeing a lot of support for it, just wait 10 years. Yeah. That is going to change. I mean, I always laugh when I think about the way things have changed about how babies are fed. For yeah, example, you, you've said um, that about yeah. baby led weaning that like now it's yes. a thing where you were like, it's I was a thing. Doing and when I was doing it, like it was weird. And so uh-huh. like things like that, or like, um, I remember like moms really having a tough time if they were trying to find foods that were gluten free or, or nut free. I mean, can you yeah. imagine now having yeah. a, like having anyone give you a hard time about gluten free? It's right. everywhere. Yeah. But 15 years ago, it yeah. was a thing. People yeah. needed it. People were looking for it. But it was seen as kind of fringy. Yeah. So those things are always going to continue to change. And that might not help you right now if you're struggling with feeling like a little bit of a weirdo because yeah. you either have a special need or you do things differently. But I mean, it just it does kind of feel like some kind of 
smug validation later. Yeah. And maybe it does. Maybe, maybe it helps somebody who has felt judgmental of people on the fringe. And maybe it helps open your eyes a little bit to like, we don't know. We don't know what was going to come down the pike. Um, Okay. So I thought I would ask you, since you're at this 21 year mark, do you have any thoughts about things that are going to change going forward that like places where we are now that you see evolving? Yeah. I mean, I look back with a lot of fondness actually for those forum days when, when, I mean, and this is even predating blog comment sections, but like truly forums where people got to know each other under a handle and Mm -hmm. people were very private about the way they raised their kids. And I don't mean private in, um, like hide the bad stuff kind of way or be afraid to talk about things publicly. But it's, but like we were talking about with this, everyone's an influencer, everyone's Mm -hmm. a brand, everyone has to be so out there about parenting and not everybody wants to be. Mm -hmm. And, and even those who want to be like, say you want to be sometimes, but you don't want to be all the time, or like you want to share some pictures, but you don't want to share all the pictures. And I think I'm hoping that in general, um, that the internet might become a little less centralized again Mm -hmm. and like less, focused on Facebook mm-hmm. or Instagram or like these major platforms where like every, like where you're putting yourself out there so publicly and might start kind of forming again around really specific tribes and interests. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be a really good thing. Yeah. Actually. Um, I also, one other thing that I was thinking about again, kind of this idea of everything becoming like, like the universe expanding and then maybe retracting yeah. a little bit again yeah. is with all these products and brands, I think it's awesome how much more choice there is these days, but I think that it can become really overwhelming mm-hmm. and it can add pressure. Like we were talking about, if you can coordinate your baby's nursery or the stroller and the car seat and the wardrobe and why, why wouldn't you do that? Right. right. But if you only have four brands to choose from and everyone else around you is kind of choosing from those same four brands, it does add like a simplicity. Yep. Everything doesn't have to be a personal extension of your style, yep. including your baby necessarily. Yeah. yeah. And I, I would love to see that ease up a bit. Yeah, I, I, I would as well. Um, that's so interesting. I, what I made a note of is kind of similar, but it was actually more about our kids. And I am kind of hoping that the way, you know, you've had teenagers for a while now and seen how kids are online. And I have only, I only know what I read from moms like you and kind of what I pick up, but I have sort of been watching and waiting and hoping for the way that our kids, uh, deal with, being public on the internet for that to, uh, what am I trying to say? Like, um, not catch up. I mean, we will never catch up because technology is always farther ahead than we are socially, but for there to be a kind of foundational understanding of what it means to be public online, what the repercussions of that are, what the tools kids need to interact with each other online, as well as interact Mm -hmm. in person. Mm -hmm. That's, that's like a topic I find really interesting. And I'm hopeful that the adults of my generation and your generation, even a little older than us are their knowledge is catching up so that we can kind of like be in that world with our kids and support them. Did that make sense at all? I I think there was a generation of kids who got online before any adults knew how to support them. And what I'm hoping is that parents like me who now have 10 year olds and have, you know, I've been on the internet for 20 years that I will be a better support than maybe a generation ago parents were able to be. And that the, that the, just the norms around internet use and internet sharing and privacy will have caught up a little bit. I don't know. Is that too, too hopeful? (laughs) Well, (laughs) here's the thing, you know what I think is going to change. I, I have been reading a lot lately about technology and, um, Silicon Valley and yeah. just kind of how this whole tech boom has like the direction it's gone in. Yeah. And I am hopeful that kids 
like the young people today are going to, instead of focusing on how to make the most amount of money they possibly can with mm-hmm. technology are going to take all this brain trust mm-hmm. and these smarts and this incredible, incredible vast knowledge that we have access to and uh, capabilities that mm-hmm. we, that are amazing and use it to like do some good. Mm-hmm. Like I would really like to see that because yeah. I feel like at first it was like, Oh, like we can do this. So let's do it. Yeah. And then let's find a way to monetize everything. And then let's yeah. make everything, make people super rich. And I'm hopeful that like the same kids who are making real change happen, um, you know, like the kids in Florida last year yeah. with the school shootings mm-hmm. and all that. Like, I feel like those kind of kids yeah. are going to come up and do something different. Yeah. I don't know that it's going to be the adults now doing yeah. it. Yeah. I think it's going to be the kids that are going to do it. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that is an uplifting way to look at it. And but they're smart. So yes. they can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then related to that is I, I'm just seeing a lot of like cultural anxiety the last few years, you know, politically, mm. environmentally, like, you know, it's just out there. But I think if there's an upside to that, I also see more adults kind of taking charge of their own mental health and the importance of maternal mental health, postpartum mental health, mm. kids and mental health. And I I do think that hopefully we're swinging to a place where kids are going to see have examples of adults taking care of themselves and maybe less stigma around certain mental health issues. And I don't know. Yeah. So I think that's a, that would be a welcome shift too, I think. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, um, you guys are going to hear my chat with my mom, some snippets of her wisdom, Megan, anything else you heard it before, uh, before we started recording this, do you want to set no, it up? No, it's just all? fascinating. Yeah. Cause I think it just, it just shows you how, Things are just going to continue. Yep. Change. It is. Yeah. Okay. And so yeah. before we wrap up real quick, I want to let you guys know that this Friday we have another special holiday bonus episode. So look for that. We're going to be talking about setting intentions for our December this year. Um, and then also, if you missed it on Instagram, I will link up a super cute video of my kids making snow. So you have real it's snow. so cute. We yeah. have, we got Insta snow with our partnership <laughs> with Spangler Science Club. So I will link that up in the show notes. And um, if you're looking for great gift ideas, for kids like 5 to 12 ages um, check out that video and check out our sponsor Spangler Science Club alright do you remember what you were told about starting solids and then like food and stuff um, first of all with the nursing we were told every 4 hours okay. try to keep it to 4 hours if, if you have to go 3 hours and then you can nurse but there was a lot of anxiety for me around that it, that was unnecessary stress but it came from not knowing, you yeah. know, that, that was the advice of the day is to you wait three to four hours. Otherwise you're going to be what they say, you're going to be nursing all the time. So you don't want that. So that's what we got. But then I was told six months, you could be done nursing at six months. And that's what I did with you. So, and then baby food was big First cereal as I remember, and then, you know, work into the other foods, but it was, it was definitely baby food. It was the organic baby food I don't think existed. Okay, so let's switch gears. Can you think of another, I mean, everything, sleep, napping, well, cars? I, the other thing that came to mind is the stuff. We didn't have, we had very limited choices of what to buy for your baby. Uh, one of the things we had, which I don't see anymore, is playpens. Playpens mm-hmm. were were part of raising your your baby. It was a place to put them. So they didn't get in, you know, yeah. into trouble when you were busy. So yeah. it was thought of as a safety thing, but it was a play place too. You had toys and, yeah. and I don't see that as much. Were they like um, bigger than the pack and plays that we have? They were bigger and they were flat on the floor. Then I, I actually do think they got the, the play pins got more like a, a pack and play, but low to the ground mm-hmm. with the kind of netting. Yeah. I think that's what we had. 
So that was one of the things that I think was an important part. You always had a playpen. And now yeah, I feel like maybe we should bring that back. Yeah, it is kind of nice to have a place to have them know they're safe while you run to the bathroom or you're, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I do think the stuff that is so much more available is it's not really like it's going overboard. It's just not necessary. You, you don't have to have them right. to raise your baby. They are nice right. to have. This is a different section, but it was something that was important to me or that I've seen the differences, and I've, we've talked about it, is the access to information, access to support Yeah. Uh, as a mother. So what was that like? Well, for me, and you know, I would say I was pretty progressive. I, I tried to find out the latest and the greatest and all of that. I had one little, it was a, it was, it was almost pamphlet size, but it was a little tiny book publication that came out once a month and it was called Welcome Home. And I just waited for that thing to come every month because it was so supportive and it gave, you know, um, encouragement, information even some poetry, you know, something that was a supportive thing for mom. And now it, it gratefully for this generation, there is so much good information out there and so much support for, for moms that maybe don't have, you know, they're, they're where they can't go out much or they, maybe they've moved or they don't have a good network of friends and friends were, you know, you're all at the same point. So having that, so I think that that's one of the things that's really um, a, a wonderful thing for this generation of moms. And to go with that, I was going to say that I also think back when I was, when you guys were tiny, I think the awareness that we need that was coming out. Yeah. Where before raising kids was a very private thing. And if you had trouble with your kids, it was a very private thing. You didn't talk about it. And I think that I was kind of at the beginning of, the understanding that it's not it's it's not so easy and we don't yeah. all have the answers and we shouldn't have the all the answers and we need a network and now it seems like we're reaching out women are reaching out more outside of their families for information to give support all of that but i think that i do feel like that was a uh, time of a little bit of opening up um Last question is, can you be the voice of grandma then and say like, what would be the biggest differences from when you like 1950s, when you were born, anything that comes, I mean, like the obvious one is like sliding around in the backseat of a car. Like, no, you know, didn't she hold babies? Like she held babies while she drove. Right. I think what she meant. And I think I remember this is a a one-year-old or two-year-old would stand behind her on the seat (laughs) <laughs> we had bench seats, so it was a way that they oh, would so, roll, oh, wow. roll around. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, you know, I mean, I, I remember a couple – well, I remember one in particular where I went rolling and, you know, it cut my eye. And, you know, it was an active place in that <laughs> car. But the, the other part of it, too, is that the, 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 the good side of that, if you want to call it a good side, was we had so much fun in the car. I mean, we would be on the floor in the back playing, you know, on the floor right <laughs> yeah. behind the driver's seat and, you know, sports. And it, we, when we went to grandma and grandpa's in, you know, up by Seattle, it was quite a long ride then. The roads were not quite as good. <laughs> so it was a longer ride. It was like six or eight hours, but we would 
be in the back seat with sleeping bags, having the best time. It wasn't like you just sat in your car seat. You were playing. It was yeah. like a playground back there. That's so funny. Well, and then I you know. just think, and you lived to live to and tell the tale. And we lived to tell it. <laughs> The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening and left the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, just navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole. And then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much.